Greetings and salutations, my friends. I'm so glad that you have found today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm Taylor Schroll, if you haven't been listening for a while, and I'm the kind of the captain around here. But as we learn in today's episode, being the captain doesn't mean that you're loved. It just means that you have to pull everything together. If you enjoyed today's episode um, of us here at Forte Catholic trying to make Catholicism fun again, trying to bring the joy of the gospel to you, if you feel like we did that, hit the subscribe button, whether you are listening on podcast or watching on YouTube. You can follow us at Forte Catholic on social media as well. But the most important thing is to hit the subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening. Allison and I had a great time recording this, and we have a guest on the show for the first time in quite a while, so I hope that you enjoy it. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Allison Lindsay Sullivan. Hi, Hello. Taylor. How's it going? I'm doing much better than I was yesterday when we were <laughs> supposed to record this. Yes, you are indeed. You look a lot better. Thank you. Brighter eyed, bushier tail. I look uh, 5% good looking instead of the <laughs> two and a half that I looked yesterday. Uh, so we have been recording this show for a long time. We've been recording at this house for a long time. Indeed. And that, those things are true. <laughs> I'm not lying this early no, in the podcast. not yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. <laughs> Give um, him a minute. Speaking of it being early, yesterday, it wasn't early. We were going to record at like 10 a.m. Not relatively. I mean, to normal right. folks. And uh, <laughs> my wife came into my room and just goes, Taylor! I'm like, what? like literally, I'm dead asleep yeah. <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I freak out. I walk over, like, you're here, like, yes. ready to go. I look like I just awoke yes. from death. Like, Allison Jesus. Sullivan was sitting in your little family room <laughs> yeah. with your little family. <laughs> and you were, <laughs> I think you said something like, you look like death. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. First, like, this isn't happening. The first words I heard in my day were, Taylor! And you look you, like death this... from two of the most important women Here's in my life. Here's the thing, is that you were willing to, like, you know, keep going. You were willing to let the show go on. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to go ahead and relieve us both. I don't think this is happening today. Yeah, and you were right. Yeah. I, I looked at myself in the mirror at like 2.30 no, p.m. And just, I was like, I look good enough now. <laughs> it would have been, I think it would have been a really awkward, slow going show. I don't. It's because I can turn it. I can. Here's the thing. I could turn my personality on. Three three seconds after I wake up. Yeah. I just can't turn my face on. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. You can't will your dead. eyes to depuff. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you can't control swelling. Right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. This is great. I I feel I'm in a better mood actually too. So Good. so it was for me too. Oh. But uh, but all that to say, it, your whole to your point, we've been doing this a very long time, and that has happened, nary. Like I don't know what that word. <laughs> and the hand gesture didn't help either. I told you did not make old jokes for me today because I'm I don't feel quite at my best. But oh um, wow, you're real sensitive today because a little bit. I didn't even make an old joke. I, I just, know, but I could sense it, it coming <laughs> with the nary. Yeah, but no, you've never slept in not one time. And I, you are so gracious. And the thing I'm most impressed with. Mm. Is like we wanted to talk about your shoes. Oh yeah, you were afraid you were going to miss this opportunity. I took I took your shoes. For those of you watching, <laughs> these are the shoes that Allison is wearing today, and they were the shoes that she was wearing yesterday, mm -hmm. and that's the shirt you were wearing yesterday. And I believe they're the same jeans. Maybe, Maybe you changed the jeans. Okay, but but you can't like that was the thing I felt most bad about is like you came prepared. You're wearing your Forte Catholic shirt, yeah, and these ridiculous slippers. So that here's are, what like, I love. I love that you saw an outfit. <laughs> 
Because, <laughs> because here's what's happening. This was the first shirt that I pulled on. I threw on an old pair of jeans. And then these are really kind of technically slippers. Now, they do have a sole, which is why I'm allowed to wear them outside. But this is like a house shoe. Shoes don't have soles, and neither do your pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, take it up with this little happy furry being that makes me happy as well. And you, yeah, since does. you wanted to highlight it on your show. <laughs> It's why you wore them. Let's be real. You wanted me to call you out on them. There's no other reason to wear those shoes. They've, they've put us both in a good mood, so I, I might wear them again. Um, Something else that put you in a good mood recently, and this is where I feel like we've, the first segment of the last like three shows that you've done, so mm-hmm. like we do one a month with you, and true to the last three, I feel like the first segment of this show is how you update people on your life because you don't have your podcast oh, anymore. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you have social media. You can kind of tell people, but like, like yeah. saying with words yes. to the public. Yes. I kind of feel like this is like the Allison Sullivan podcast that no. I'm hosting for like well, a few minutes. Okay. Well, that's sweet of you to give me all this airtime, Taylor. Um, I And that your listeners have become my listeners. It's just so <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> They 100% no one cares more than me. P.S. No one cares. Um, I think we, we ranked like who's the favorite. Uh-huh. Of, like I, I, maybe like half a year ago. Uh-huh. And like it, I think it's you and Anthony. Okay. And then like, hold on for you or for the people. For the people. Okay. For That's me, so sweet. Thank you, it's Taylor's pretty people. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I think a lot of a lot of people love Anthony. A lot of people love you. And mm. I think it's probably pretty even of like. You you or Anthony are the favorite of a lot of people. And then, like, you know, Liv and John. And then, like, me at the bottom is the only thing that's, like, certain. <laughs> I just, I love your comfortability with that. It's it's great. Um, yes. Well, and I don't even use social media appropriately. Like, I don't post enough to, anyways, have a, any kind of platform. So I just appreciate that people listen and care. But, yes. So I think you are getting at that I just got back from L.A. and you haven't heard about it yet. I, I I haven't, and the people haven't, because last <laughs> month you were on, you were preparing for this trip. Yes. And the month before, you had just gotten word you were going on this yes, trip. Yes, so true. Yeah, it's you're the right. Culmination of three months. Of I see. And so we just owe it to the people to tell them what happened. I mean, yeah. it just wouldn't even be nice. Right. So you went to Hollywood. We Los did. Los Angeles. We did. To become the next Sandra Bullock. Okay. I think that's like. I mean, I I I I, I can see you. <laughs> Like having a large black man football player that you adopt. Okay, so someone that I was in LA with has done the face app, like the reface thing with Jennifer Aniston on Friends. And I make a lovely Rachel, as it turns out. Oh. I should show you. Anyways, okay. I mean, I digress. It, we, we've talked a lot about like how you grew up. I think you and Rachel Green were the same person in high school. Maybe. <laughs> it, it, it could be possible. Although I got more um, comparisons to Monica. So anyways, this none of this matters. You're we, not we are, enough to be weird. Oh, th- well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate welcome. that. I'm annoying myself right now, all the digressing. So LA was um, fantastic. Very short recap is that um, my son and I started just creating on TikTok and had a blast with that. And so then simultaneously, we were in acting classes just because it was COVID and why not? And that all culminated with a trip to LA. And the whole point is that you put on a showcase, the scene you've been practicing, and you put that show on in front of agents and managers. And then you just sit in LA and wait for callbacks. And we got plenty. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. We had to hang out in LA for a while. At the Beverly Hilton. It was terrible. Mark Wahlberg was there, by the way. I did 
didn't, I know I did not see him, but other people did. We saw Drake. No um, he was at our hotel. Yeah. So anyways, um, I love LA. There's just something about it. It's like the misfits and the dreamers. I mean, everybody that's there has some creative ambition. I just love LA's energy. So I feel like LA is where dreams go to be fulfilled or die. Or die. Like there's no in between. Yes. Like it's like I want to I want to be the next Sandra yeah. Bullock or yeah. like you're fine because like you know you have a life here. But sure. Like you don't need go, it. Yeah. And it's like I'm gonna wait tables at Denny's or become the next Sandra yes. Bullock. <laughs> right. But and and I love just the place that my son and I were at in particular, or it's like, we're doing it for the love of it and whatever happens here, it doesn't really matter all that much. And, and I, I realized you already have 11.8 million likes on TikTok. That's when no. I was on my phone looking no. Oh up. gosh. Oh, right. Well, no, but it, but it's I mean, also how many because... movies get 11.8 view, uh, point eight million views, <laughs> not many movies. I mean, some of Wahlberg's, but well, yeah, right. But there's no necessitating an, a certain outcome. Like it does doesn't really matter. It's really just for the joy of it. It's really just you for the love of it. You did learn acting because I think you're lying right now and you're pulling no, it off really well. No, it's not true. <laughs> I I really feel like the whole process, like going, you know, being in acting classes, being in LA with my kid, putting on a scene that I've rehearsed for six months, all of that, just the, the, the process of it, not the outcome, was absolutely exhilarating. And if we left with nada, it would have been just this awesome experience that I got to do with my son. I mean, come on. Except we did leave with an agent and a manager. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yay. <laughs> so you're, this is your last show with me, right? No, you're too big now. <laughs> never, never. I'm bringing you with me. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to insist that other people like you. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a minute. He'll grow uh, on you. Zach Galifianakis <laughs> and Jack Black are getting old. It's time for Taylor to uh, yes! take the reins. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, yeah. So, we had a great time. We got a lot of callbacks. Really sweet. I was able. So, here's the feedback I got um, a lot, which was, oh, my gosh. I can't believe that this is your first time acting. You know, you've done such a great job. If Hollywood were looking for middle-aged white women with zero experience, you would be perfect. <laughs> um, so there were a lot of people that called me back just to say, Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep at it. We have no positions for you. Like we have no, we have no room for you at all, but way to go. <laughs> and so then I was in interviews with Silas cause Silas got a lot of you're callbacks. Like oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> No, I was about to make a joke that you would have gotten offended by because of the mood that you're in today, and I'm not Look going at you to. respecting my boundary. What <laughs> did y'all hear that? Taylor just respected the boundary. Um, but so Silas got a and lot of callbacks. Funny, it wasn't even like a direct age joke. It was like she's going to insinuate this as an age joke, and therefore I cannot. It's say like it. a boundary of the boundary. Um, so I was sitting in on interviews for Silas as his parent, obviously. And so then people acting. <laughs> a little bit because like people that did not call me back, I'm sitting in an interview as his mom and they're like, wait, 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 wait. How did you get back in here? <laughs> <laughs> we told you no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I insist on you. So anyways, but I, so I would be sitting in the interview and they'd be like, wait, 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 wait. I, and then they would kind of change their mind about me after this interview. So that was kind of fun because I, I ended up securing an agent that I did not get a call back for because of, they just saw our family together because by that point, Seth was there too. And so they were like, wait, 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 we see some family opportunities here, but just little things came up where it was like, so to be, someone was like, are you interested in reality TV? You're like, you know, for our family. And I'm like, 
no, not, not yeah. happening. <laughs> Why? Because happiness isn't a story. And I'm not interested in you like throwing this little fake bomb into our family to watch how we all react to it. And then all of us end up in therapy. I mean, like, I'm it's the bomb. <laughs> the reality show is Taylor comes Cheers! over every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hysterical. So, but, um, and so they were like, um, okay. Wise and good point. Yes, yes, yes. Like we respect that. Um, but there's some scripted things and we're like, now we're talking. So anyways, people get mad at us on TikTok cause we script our things out and they like think that all TikToks should be organic because we're all just filming every second of I, our lives. I it makes think, no sense. It's bizarre. I don't think any TikTok that I have seen is not scripted. Of course. I think y'all just telegraph it a little bit more. Well, <laughs> right. Well, and that's fine. Like, but like, my, one of my favorite ones is ever since y'all went to LA, your husband has like almost never been on the TikTok. Right. And I think yeah. he got, I think he caught the bug. A little bit. A little bit. Because he's been like the focus of the last yeah, few. The last couple. And yeah. like, Everyone, like I knew that you were lurking in the background about to come into the video and be mean. Like I, I saw it coming and I'm like, she's going to be mean. And there you were, being mean. Look at you. You could write for us. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Y'all doing a pretty good job on your own. <laughs> so yeah, so it was great. We had a great time. I love LA. One thing that was really exciting for me just as a parent is watching Silas um, unfold a little bit with a new group of friends. So he's been in private school his whole life and um he has wonderful friendships they've been together since the first grade and i don't want to say a but because it's not a but he has really wonderful friends some of them are butts but <laughs> but there was something about getting together as artists i'd really like a different connector because but kind of like anyways um i mean it is what connects the top and lower I, half <laughs> Okay. Okay. But coming together as these little creators, these little young creators, and so much. Sorry, I spit. There's so much of how. No one would have. They, I know, but it's you did. I did. And I have to look at you. Invisible. Okay. Sh so coming together as little artists, little creators, so much of their connection is based on acceptance because the truth is they're all a little quirky. They're all a little weird. And I just loved how kind they were together. Like they would get together in the courtyard and they would play America's Got Talent. And then instead of like being on video games or whatever, they would do little talent shows. And so I just loved him finding friends that he could unfold a little with and be more expressive. And so that was really fun. And it made me think about my own friendships. Like, what are the what's the bottom line of my friendships like what's that one thing that connects us like in that group for him it was acceptance like we all just kind of accept each other the way we are and for his group at school it's probably nostalgia like we've been together forever you know and so I was thinking not like Catholicism at the Catholic Church <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> that too I mean well, uh, but my friendships based on the nostalgia it's fine my friendships are it's it's about support like we are all if, if we're like in an inner circle together it's about support like we cheerlead really well um and then in faith obviously so faith and support but i i kind of wanted to ask you that if like if you when you think about your inner circle what are the things that y'all both hold i know i it, see i thought you might have fun with this i know it i mean i know what the answer is what it's definitely not as good as yours it's not support and faith it's this <laughs> podcast <laughs> it's irreverence no like my best you live it yeah John, yeah uh, my wife and my best friend like okay but get underneath show. that th get underneath <laughs> that though what is it about the show that's connecting us then 
Um, connecting back to something that you said earlier, realizing that I'm talented enough, but not talented enough. So I need to surround myself oh, with interesting. people more, more talented and more liked than me. That way I can succeed along with them. I all of a sudden feel so used. <laughs> well, all of you should. <laughs> it's funny. So uh, because of you, uh, we're, we'll come back to LA. But one, one of the things that uh, that we are now doing is these Forte flashbacks on the show. Yes. Because, like, you, because of you. Like you told me a couple months ago, you were like, because, you know, you and I are doing show prep. I'm like, oh, I've told that story before. Oh, I've told that story before. And you were like, it was four years ago. No yeah, one remembers. no one cares. And I was like, oh, okay. So let's re-release yeah. all of, like, I, it started off, like, I was like, oh, you, I think you meant just retell the story. But I'm like, well, I already told it then. Why not just re-release it? Right? Yeah, and right, right. So I've been doing that with all the co-hosts. And yeah. like going back, and what's fun for me is going back and, like, re-listening to, yeah. like, the beginnings yeah. of these and uh, Father Anthony s- listened to his the other day. Yeah. And he said, oh, look, like that was back then when you were using me for my Twitter clout. Because oh, back my then gosh. He, he had like 18,000 people on, yeah. on Twitter. This was before he, you know, but then he like, and he came on as a guest of the show. We started becoming friends off the air. Yeah. In our private life. That's what we like to call it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then like. Here we are today, last week, where I released that that flashback of Anthony's yeah. first appearance as a guest, and he's like, I, I, he he texted me something along the same lines. It's like that's when you were like using me, and now we're like real friends because he deleted his Twitter account. Now I like he does, you. Like, he, like <laughs> so, there's no clout. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, we are like real friends now. Yeah. So I think it is kind of funny how like oh a lot of like stuff is kind of like oh I I hopefully I, a lot of friendships start I think. You can bring me benefit, and I think I can bring you benefit. Right. That, that would be nice. We enjoy right. each other's company, or like yes. with with Anthony, it's like, oh, come on the show. Yes. And it's like, oh, we actually like each other. Yeah. Like I've had two hundred guests on the show. I'm friends with like four. I mean, like, yeah. I'm, like uh, some people. But here's the thing, Taylor. You wouldn't keep us around if we didn't enjoy. If you weren't enjoying this, you would make a change. So there's something you I enjoy. Have made <laughs> <laughs> there's something you enjoy about all of us. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Um, I think it is. The joy thing, I think. Uh, I, I heard a I heard a joke, I, and maybe I'm deflecting a little bit, but I heard a joke the other day about a like an older guy, like older for dating, I guess. He's in his forties. Okay. And he was talking about being an older guy that's dating, and he's just kind of tired of the game. Like the game was always for sure. You go up to these girls, and you talk to like a group of girls yes. for like tw- 20, 30 minutes, yeah. but, and then you're like, oh, I like this one the best. Yeah. And then you buy her a drink, and then hopefully y'all go talk somewhere else, right? Yeah. Um. He, he was saying that when he got older, he would buy a drink, walk up to a group of women, and then just be like, which one of you likes me? Oh, my gosh. Let's be more efficient. There's here. a drink for the winner. <laughs> like, oh, my I, gosh. That's and I hilarious. feel like that is one of the biggest things. Like, I'm hard to like, and you guys like me. Yeah. So it's easy to like you. Aw, <laughs> I like that. You know what? I had a friend who took her children to an animal shelter. Hang with me. <laughs> We're both taking like weird tangents that are somehow tying back to the main storyline. She took her her and so they were they were gonna get a cat that day. And so they were sitting in the cat room and they were all <laughs> as <one does>. just <laughs> as one does. And they the cats were all kind and so her daughter connected with this cat. She was like, I love this cat. It's this cat, you know. And so her mom was like, What do you like about it? And she thought about it a second and she shrugged her shoulders and she she said just that. She said, 
I guess just because it likes me, right, yeah. you know, and but but my friend like made this important, you know, like she like rooted it down with what if we were all just supportive of one another? Like, what if I just inherently tried to like you? What would the world look like if we just extended that? You know, I'm going to like you first. That's what's going to happen. And then look at all these relationships because it's all anybody ever wants is to just be accepted. So anyways, I think that's an excellent reason. I think that's a great answer. So what you're saying is I need to completely change everything that I'm doing. Because what I said is I like people because they like me first. But you're telling me that I need to like people first. Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> Isn't that just so? Like what we're craving is what we should give out. Like I be guess. the change. I, we need to look for the good. You're you're going to find the bad. It's there. It's just, it's just hard. yeah, no, it's not hard. So, yeah, no, I think that's a I think that's a really honest answer, Taylor, as much as you I, were and I uncomfortable think with it. I just re- we have to get out of the segment because I just realized that it probably comes from junior high and no one liking me. So the first friends that I had yes. were the people that liked me. So we got to get oh, out no, of this before no. I get sad. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, speaking of, of guests and interviews, we haven't had one in a very long time. Uh, but Allison's going to take a little break. Uh, okay. I thought you were high-fiving me. I, I, we, we, <laughs> I would are. never leave you hanging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do it again. Okay, good. Uh, I, I have a guest, and he—you might know this guy. Uh, not you, because you don't live on the internet. Uh, he was a guest on a lot of podcasts, like last year, Coach Kramer Soderberg, and I kind of missed the boat. Like, I was like, you—you've already been on everybody else's podcast. You got, I was like, let's wait, and like when we both know that we have something new to say, mm-hmm. because a lot of times when people are doing. Um, interviews especially based on a book it's like this kind of the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again so i was like i don't want to just do that because a lot of people that listen to this show listen to a bunch of other shows that he was on so like let's wait till we have something new and different so we waited a year and uh now he's on and Yay! i really enjoyed the conversation um so don't go anywhere and then allison will be back for our final segment as the world is continuing to open back up a lot of people really have the itch to start traveling again if you want to travel and do a pilgrimage particularly uh, Select International Tours has tours going all over the place right now. You can go and check out some of the coolest religious sites uh, throughout all of the world. And to find out more information, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash tours. You can see all of the great tours that they have planned right now. Do it! ForteCatholic.com slash tours. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and I am doing something we haven't done in quite some time. We're doing an interview today. I kicked the co-host out, and it is just me and a fellow coach. Now, granted, he's much more uh, uh, decorated as a coach than me in our local small Catholic school. But uh, Kramer Soderberg, who you may have heard of last year, he came out with a new book and kind of did the rounds on Catholic radio and Catholic podcasting. And we met then, and I was like, you know what? Let's wait. Let's wait a year until until kind of the buzz dies down, and then we will recreate your buzz here at Fort oh, Catholic. Do it, <laughs> Coach Soderberg. How are you today, sir? Taylor, thanks for having me, man. A pleasure to be here. It's been a long time coming. It, it really has, and I, it was it was so funny because like there is I I've told many people yes to like do an interview for the show, and then like I used to not tell many people no, and then. Now for the last year, like all I've done is tell people no, because we have like we have had like two or three guests this year. Uh, so you are one of the lucky ones or one of the cursed ones. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> well, you're such but, a stud, man. Everybody's oh, everybody's yeah. <laughs> flocking to you. <laughs> no, it's just it's just one of those things. It's like 
I, I was like, look, man, we've got it. We've got it going so well with uh, with the co-hosts. We had some guests that I didn't enjoy dealing with. So mm. I was just like, let's just not deal with any of them. <laughs> like, oh, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't like, you know, like we talked about gambling a couple weeks ago. I didn't like gambling with the show. Like, yeah. is the show going to go well? Sure. But uh, like I do with most people that reach out. Uh, I stalked you for a while and I heard you go on a bunch of other podcasts and I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, well, whenever we do an interview, I like to do something a little different. And I, I kind of missed the boat. It was my fault. I like being one of the first people that interviews somebody and I missed the boat on you. So I'm like, let's wait a year. And sure enough, like to the minute you, you message me and you're like, it's been a year. Let's do this. I'm like, okay. Showtime, Taylor. <laughs> dodging is. me. No, this is a lot of pressure, man. You, you, you got, you've been holding out on the, guests and now you're bringing me in oh i better get it together so i'm ready well if it. you mess it up i won't have another guest for two years exactly. so it's all riding right. on your broad shoulders everybody <laughs> watching who, who wants to be on your podcast is is holding their breath right now yeah <laughs> they're strangely enough rooting for you yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so you are a a college basketball coach you've been in college basketball for years but also you've been around college basketball mm -hmm. for even longer because of of your dad and and his coaching so uh you just got a new job you or not a new job but you got promoted so tell us why why i'm calling you coach because it's a weird thing to call another <laughs> grown human being on a podcast yeah well no it's it's nice because if you forever forget my name coach coach works for everything but yeah. No, um yeah I, i've been at millican university in decatur illinois for the last six years as an assistant coach um and i just got hired as the head coach um so Woo! Man, man i'm a pretty young guy too so i'm only 32 years old so getting an opportunity as a head coach at the college basketball level is is uh exciting for me and i'm, I'm excited about it and it's going to be a great challenge but challenges are good challenges are good that, that's awesome. Like, I, I really it's so funny because like maybe maybe subconsciously I didn't want to interview an assistant coach on this show. Yeah. <laughs> maybe who, that's who what it was. <laughs> when the assistant coach writes a book, it's one thing. But when the head coach has a book, mm -hmm. oh, it's a tell all. Now. Now <laughs> uh, so you grew up, you know, you talk about your dad in the book and how he, he's been coaching. Like for those that don't that don't know, he was the uh, he's assistant coach at Virginia who just won the national championship a couple of years ago. Yep. So you have been around coaching for a long time and obviously it had an impact on you because now you are doing it um so why coaching like why did you choose it what did your dad do that made you want to choose to be like you know what i want to do that too dad yeah that's a good question there there's a there's an old saying in in the coaching son world where if you're a coach's son you either are in love with it or you run away from it you know so <laughs> i happen to be one of those guys who you know being in the gym as a young kid just kind of fell in love with the game and, and always knew that i wanted to, to get into coaching obviously i had aspirations to have a great playing career and i and i did i had a good playing career high school and college um but i kind of always knew i wanted to get into coaching and i was i was one of those coaches sons who fell in love with the game um and that kind of that kind of led me to the coaching world and it's it's good I, i'm glad i don't have to sit in a cubicle and you know sit behind a desk or wear a tie every day i get to wear right. shorts and a t-shirt and, and you know <laughs> running shoes every day so that that works for me uh, you and I have something uh, something in common. We were talking a little bit before the show about how, uh, you know, you were talented, but a shorter white man to play basketball. I, too, was talented, but a shorter white man to play basketball. So I was very skilled as a, as a small forward, okay. but... Uh, and 6'2 as a small forward in high school was pretty good. Yep. And then, uh, well, maybe as a freshman and sophomore. Then they start getting 6'5, 
six eight, six nine, exactly. and now we have people like you know Kevin Durant in the NBA, seven foot, playing the position that I play. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm not tall enough. So it is funny because like it's one of the same reasons that I got into coaching. It's like I I had to outwork a lot of people who were yes. more talented, more physically gifted, uh, in order to have the you know the amount of success that I did at that level. Uh, and you were saying the same kind of thing. And it is funny that we both got into coaching because like, I, I, I was asking you uh, before we got on, I wanted to talk about like what, like coaching seems so daunting. Like, and I've been doing it for six years. It still seems daunting. You're like, I'm in charge of an entire team. Like, how do you even start? How do you start the first year? How did you start a season? You're going into this, this first season as the head coach. So like one of, one of like my like maxims, like the things that I like, we are like, my team is going to outwork everybody else because that's who I was as, as an athlete. Yep. So what are like the core things for you as a coach that you want to make sure that you get across to the, to the young men on your team? Yeah. I, I mean, I've had the privilege to be around some great coaches. Obviously my, my dad has been a, a big inspiration for me and a helps me in a ton of categories. And then I've coached under a lot of other good coaches and you, you take ideas good and bad from, from the coaches that you're around. Right. I've been able to do that and that's been good. But I think the most important thing for, for any coach, um, no matter the sport is when you first take over a program, you have to, you have to create a, a culture, a, a certain culture that you want. Um, and that culture has to be, be defined by what's important to you. Um, you know, so, and then once, once you in kind of, give that culture to your program, to your players, and they, they learn to embody it and learn to take it on as their own, that that's when you're going to find great success. I think, you know, Xing and Oing and what do you do defensively, offensively, all that's important. But if you don't have a great culture um, built around really sound things, um, it's going to be hard to be successful. So that for me is what I started with, with my team. Our first meeting was only about that was about our culture, what this program is going to be about. And what were some of those things? Like what are those bedrock foundational things for you as a coach in that culture you're trying to create? So, um, we, we have what, what I am calling our five pillars of success and in coaching, Coaching is a copycat thing. I thought I thought you were Catholic. <laughs> you got your Catholic. pillars now. Yeah. <laughs> no, coaching coaching is a copycat world. So um, I played under my dad, who used these five pillars. He coached with a man who created these five pillars. Uh, and the five pillars are um, humility, passion, unity, servanthood, and thankfulness. Um, those five things. So humility. Um, know who you are. So I told our young men, know, be humble enough to know who you are, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know what things you can bring to our program and what things, you know, that you have to figure out and get better at that might hurt our program. Um, passion, don't be lukewarm. Okay. I, I don't want lukewarm players in my program. I want guys who want to become the best players they can be, who aren't wishy-washy. Uh, I could play, but if I, if I didn't, it's no big deal. I want passionate guys, guys who aren't lukewarm. Uh, unity, don't divide our house. I want, I want guys who uh, unite our program instead of separating it. I, I, told, I told our players, everything they do, everything they do either unites us or divides us. And I want them constantly thinking about how am I going to unite this team? How am I going to bring guys closer together? Servanthood, team ahead of self. You know, everything I do is for the betterment of the team, not betterment of myself. And then thankfulness in all circumstances. Um, and I think that probably is the most challenging one. It's easy to be thankful when things are going well. 
I told our guys, you know, when you're playing 30 minutes a game and averaging 20, yeah, it's easy to be thankful. But when you're only playing two minutes a game and you're not getting the burn you want or coach yelled at you at practice, it's harder to be thankful then. But I want guys who are always thankful, thankful in all circumstances. And those five things, those those pillars are what I'm building my culture around. And I told our guys, if you can as individuals and as we can as a team learn to embody those pillars, to strive to embody those to the best of our ability, we will be successful. So that I love that. And it's, it's funny because you like I, I have talked about just my coaching here at the at the local level on the show quite a bit. And it's funny because like I literally like well, I was talking about humility at the end of our season this last season. And like so as a track coach, you know, we get the, the, the amount of points that the person who gets eighth place is the same amount of points that is the difference between third and fourth Absolutely, and second yeah. and third and first and second. Right. So everybody's able to play their role and like, yeah, I'm telling my superstars. Yeah. You need to work for, to get from second to first, but that's the same improvement for the overall team as the guy getting ninth and no points to getting up into eighth. Right. Correct. And yeah. so like ha having that humility to know like, Hey, look, you know, the guy getting eighth place, he could want to give up, but that's one of the big things that, that, that I hammer into him. It's like, look, you're, you're going to hurt the rest of the team if you get ninth instead of eighth and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and then your second pillar, I was just talking on the show a couple months ago, maybe just a few weeks ago, just about how uh, I can't stand it when people don't want to get better. Like you have to have that passion, the desire to want to get better. Yeah. Uh, so those, it was funny because I was like, oh, I was hearing those things. And I'm like, okay, those two, we have a lot in common. The other three, like every, everybody has like their, their, their different pillars and things that are important to them. But as I was, as I was uh, listening to your list, like one of the big things that, that you, that you talk about is that you, what's interesting about you is that you are in the like the college basketball i was about to say professional but uh now that name image and likeness maybe it is professional basketball who even knows but like as a college basketball coach uh these are the things that are important to you and you're trying to instill that in the program and then here i am thinking like oh those are the five pillars for like how to live in a catholic community you're like you are rare in that you are a catholic coach who is very vocal about it now there are other there are a ton of other catholic coaches that are less vocal about it but like you wrote a book about it like you're focusing on these things so let's go through those five things uh, for, for, for those who are listening because not everybody not everybody listening are college basketball players most are most are but not everybody listening is let's go through those five things because Humility, granted, very important for, for our faith. What, what do you say about that? Yeah, all the just like you said, all these pillars are straight from the Bible. You know, all these pillars are, are, are things that are so biblical and, and so important to, um, you know, to our spiritual life. And that you, starting with humility, I mean, understanding what, what we are, you know, it, in the face, you know, standing before Christ understanding that we are sinners and understanding that without our savior, we have no chance. Um, I, I always am amazed, you know, reading, you know, lives of the saints and what they do. And it, it's, it's so interesting that the closer that people come to holiness, the, the closer that people get to holiness, the, the more aware of their sinfulness they are. You know, yeah, and they, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they always say the saints are going, they're going to confession every other day. They're going to get once a week. I mean, it's like, and me who should be going to confession every other day only goes <laughs> once a month, you know? So I think that idea of, of humility is so important in our spiritual walk. And as you get closer to holiness, as you get closer to Christ, you become more aware of your sinfulness 
and, and more aware of of your need for the savior and it's it's, it's interesting that way with following the saints yeah for sure. And that reminds me of something else that you said in the book, by the way, which is called uh, Fill Your Cup for Christ by Kramer Soderberg. Uh, it, w- with the humility piece, uh, you talk about like what different type of players want to hear. Because you have a, a, an assortment of players. Yeah. You have your superstars, you have your role players, and you have your guy who might get in if you're winning or losing by 30. Yeah. So uh, what, what do those types of players want to hear, need to hear, and what does that say for us and our spiritual lives? Yeah, so there's, a, there's an old saying um, in college basketball or in, probably in sports in general is um, bad players want to be left alone. Good players want to be coached. And great players want to be told the truth. And for me, I, I mean, I, I've been coaching for 10 years now, and, and you see it so often. The ones who never improve, the ones who don't become the best they can be, those, those are the guys who just stay away from me, coach. Or every time you try to coach them, they block you out and they, they shun you away. And they just want to follow the path that they think is right. If they think they should be playing this way, they're going to play this way. If they think they should be working out this many hours a day, they're going to do it. And they, they take no coaching whatsoever. They just want to be left alone. Um, the good players I've noticed are, are the ones who, yeah, they, they accept coaching. They like it. Um, but only if it's conducive to what they want to hear, you know, they, they like, the coach to, Hey, great job, Johnny. Nice shot. Keep doing that, what you're doing. Or they, they like that encouragement, that, that coaching motivational side that is positive. And then the great players, the, the, the ones that exceed their potential, the ones that go beyond, you know, everyone else, those are the guys who just desire truth. Coach, tell me the truth. Even if it's hard, even if I don't want to hear it, even if it makes me feel bad, tell me the truth about how I'm playing, how I need to get better. And then they take that truth from the coach and they, they use it to become the best they can be. And man, how, how connected that is to the spiritual life, I think is pretty profound. Right. It's interesting because I'm, I'm thinking of like the, the toughest decisions that I've had with guys that I've coached were in those there's top two categories and they went very differently one like the good players when i told them the hard truth like we just hit a point where it was like look man like you're you know you think that you're one of the fastest people in the state and you're not like we're gonna have to do something else and it shuts them down and like sometimes they even want to quit right but i i have guys who and i love it when they can do this i will tell them look right now you're like the fifth best in the state and if you want to be, you have a chance to maybe get third, you to maybe sneak in and get a medal at the, at the state meet. And we have that hard, that hard truth. Mm-hmm. And they, they might be upset with me for a little while. Or I, like, I've even had guys where it was like, look, you think you're good at this, but you're actually really good at this thing that you hate doing, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they do that thing. And instead of getting fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, they end up getting a medal at state because yep. they, they took in that hard truth yep. and there was that, there was that trust. And ultimately like the, the thing that sticks with me so much is ultimately they were so upset when they heard, not so upset, but they were kind of sad when they heard the truth. Right. Mm. But they internalized it and they were ultimately happier at the end. Right. They were happier when they got that medal at state, when they did way better than they would have doing yes. the other thing, or if they wouldn't have worked as hard. And I think about that a lot when it comes to like growing in holiness, it's like, I, I we all do. I think that I'm going to be less happy if I stop focusing on the things that I think bring me happy, you know, uh, video games and movies and, and hanging out. Yep. Uh, 
but like hearing the hard truth of like you know like growing your faith like ultimately you're going to be happier then it's like what really no way but yeah we really will be right. no i i mean just thinking back on on my spiritual walk i i i can see myself in all three of those categories throughout my journey you know when i was early on you know as as most i'm a cradle catholic kid as most as most young kids when it comes to their faith just leave me alone right mom and dad stop nagging me leave me alone i don't want to go to mass i don't want to do this i don't want to hear anything about it leave me alone i'll follow my own path then a little bit later on you know you start getting you know interested in Jesus and learn a bit more about that. And I wanted to hear those things, but I only wanted to hear the good things, you know, Oh, Jesus, you know, he loves me. Um, he, he died for me. All that stuff is good. Just love your neighbor and you're going to, but also you killed him. (laughs) And then, and then finally for me, I got to that point where I started to want to be great in the spiritual realm. And that's when I desired truth. Okay. No, tell me the truth. I I need to go to confession. I need the Eucharist. I need daily adoration, so on and so forth. Yeah, that that makes things quite a bit harder. But once you get to that point where you're striving to be great, then you just desire truth. And then you use that truth to help you get where you want to go. But yeah, I can. And I'm sure most people in their spiritual walks can kind of walk through that bad player, good player, great player kind of. Right. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about coaching because it's really not all that hard to make the <laughs> to make the connections to faith stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I want to close with this. I want to close with this. So uh, the the thing that has impacted me personally the most from things that that I've heard you say um, was around the topic of priorities because it's always something mm-hmm. that that's been hard for me. Right? Uh, people are like, "Oh, look at your time," and it's like, "Well." I work for eight to 10 hours a day that, and, and then I spend time with my family for two or three. Right. That, that doesn't mean that I think that, that my work is three times more important than my family. Right. Yeah. Or like, it, like even with like spiritual life, it's like, Oh, like people say like, if you're praying 30 minutes a day, like you're doing great. Like you're in the upper echelon of people do, but like, okay. So I, I pray 30 minutes a day, but then I work eight to 10 yeah. or I play video games yeah. for two. It's like, you're telling me like, like it's, it's always run me the wrong way. And I finally heard you say something I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. What do you, what do you got to say about priority? Yeah. So it, it's exactly what you said. I think, I think in our world and even I, I remember like in grade school, we would do like priority projects. So, you know, go into the magazines and cut out the things that you like in your life and then organize them as your top priority. And what we're told you know, what everybody knows that they're supposed to say, you know, in a job interview or whatever, when you're asked this question is, oh yeah, God is my top priority. My family is next. Uh, My friends are after that, my work and then hobbies, so on and so forth. But the more I contemplated that, the the less I thought that was correct. Um, And here's the reason why is exactly what you just said is like, if, if we rank our priorities by time, (laughs) <laughs> well, for all of us, God is probably going to be at the bottom. <laughs> right, but yeah, that yeah. being said, like you said, we we have jobs. Like I, I can't go sit in the, the chapel for 14 hours a day because I'd get fired. My wife would be mad at me and my kids would be neglected. You know? Yeah, literally all the other things that are supposed to be priorities wouldn't go well. Yeah, exactly. Faith, family, finances, work, like yeah, exactly. it would fall apart. Exactly. So kind of what, the, what I got to was um, – I don't think God wants us to be first on our list of priorities. What, what he does want is he wants to be incorporated into every 
priority that we have, every priority that's in our list. So he, he doesn't want our priority list to say uh, God, family, friends, work, hobbies. He wants it to say um, God in my prayer life. He wants it to say, God, a part of my family, incorporated into my friends, God, motivating my work life and my, and my hobbies. That, that's what a true prioritized life looks like, in my opinion, is God incorporated into everything that you do. God motivating everything that you do and involved in every aspect of your life. I think that is the, the perfect way to prioritize your life and the, the, the best way from a spiritual perspective to do so. I love that so much because it is something that like, it just never sat well with me, but I couldn't articulate it. I heard you say it. And I'm like, man, that, that's it. That's the answer I've been looking for. And the other part too, is that like those, none of those things are separate, right? right? Like, why do we take leisure time? Like, why do I play video games so that I can like rest and relax so that I can be rejuvenated to be better with my family, to be better at work. Like, why do I, why do I work ultimately? To, to provide for my family, right? So, like, it, everything in, in it is all interlinked, and, and God, uh, it permeates all of it. Well, uh, Coach, I want to thank you for, for your time today. Uh, I want people to go uh, to go check out the book, Fill Your Cup for Christ by Coach Kramer Soderberg. Uh, and then I, I met you on Instagram. Is that where you want people to go find you? Yeah, yeah. Instagram is, is where my main kind of Catholic ministry is. Like you mentioned, most I don't think most college coaches are really open, open and vocal about their Catholic faith. And, and I try to be. I, I really am, am striving to do that. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at a Catholic coach um, is my Instagram account. And uh, I just try to, to motivate similar to what I, like I do with my players. Uh, I try to you know push my players to greatness on the basketball court. And I'm trying to help others kind of strive for greatness in the spiritual realm. So you can pick up my book, Fill Your Cup for Christ um, on Amazon and, and then follow me on Instagram. Love to see, see folks around. And I, I've loved seeing it, seeing like a lot of what you've talked about that like you've shared on Instagram, sure. but even more recently, one of the funnier Catholic videos that I've seen posted, <laughs> you did a parody of a bunch of stuff. I'm going to leave it at that guys, go follow him on Instagram and you will laugh your tush off. Uh, I'll be right back. Too, so oh, we'll, you got another one coming. So we'll yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little tease here for the radio. So, uh, coach, thanks for being here uh, guys. I will be right back. Do not go anywhere. This commercial break is also a love note to our friend Matt Baker, who recently on Twitter said that he was getting, uh, what do they call them, like sponsored ads on Twitter for an over 40 dating site. Well, if you want to, if you are over 40 or if you're under 40 and don't want to be single at 40, sorry, Matt Baker, uh, then you should try out catholicmatch.com slash forte. You can hopefully find a future spouse. Someone who believes the same things as you, looks just as bad as you do. It's a match made in heaven over at catholicmatch.com slash forte, where you can sign up for your free account today. We love you, Matt Baker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Forte Catholic. <laughs> I am Taylor Stroll, and I am back with co-hosts for the day, Allison Marie Sullivan. I like Marie. I like Marie too. It just doesn't fit with Allison Sullivan. Lene is just so Lene completely is random. It's perfect for you. Will you please have another baby and name it Lene? No and no. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, so a dog. <laughs> even no, even no worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a kid. Oh man. So I saw this thing the other day and I screenshot it and I. Put it on here specifically for a note to talk about with you. Okay. Because I 
I started reading it, and my first thought was mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And it starts with this: the 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 graphic says, "Replace sorry with thank you." So, th- like, I I wanted to, I didn't realize this. I thought I wanted to talk about this before even yesterday when I slept through what would yeah. have been our interview. I didn't say thank you. <laughs> I said I'm so sorry. Right. And they're telling me instead of saying sorry I'm late. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, I slept in. Mm-hmm. Say thank you for waiting. Like thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. And I th- uh, like at first I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong because in in my I've always been taught to say sorry. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I'm 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 sorry that I slept in. Mm-hmm. Can we reschedule or wh- whatever it was? Right. Mm-hmm. The next one it says um, instead of saying sorry, I'm late. Say so thank you for waiting. Instead of saying sorry, I forgot. You say thank you for reminding me. Um. And it says, what an incredible way to change your mindset mm-hmm. and the mindset of those that you're apologizing to. Mm-hmm. And I think they're right, just not in the way that they think. I think it would change your mindset <laughs> if I never apologized and just continued saying thank you. Mm-hmm. I think it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it continues. The, the first comment, which is, so as I go through this, I'm like, this is getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And I think this is wrong. Uh, I think it's just very manipulative. <laughs> it's like it feels oh, manipulative. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my <clears throat> mindset and yours by not apologizing. I'm like, yeah, you'll change your mindset to angry. Mm-hmm. The first comment is instead of saying sorry for hitting you, say thank you for stopping my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Okay, well I have thoughts. Okay, okay. I don't think this advice is for you, Taylor. <laughs> I don't think it's for anyone. <laughs> okay, because here, here's the thing with our culture is that being nice, it works, right? It's effective. It gains us affection. And so a lot of the, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, is considered being nice. And so the 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 issue here is that there are real people who have trouble asserting themselves. There are real people who have trouble being genuine. Okay. You, Taylor. (laughs) The only two qualities I have. Are not not one of those people. I mean, this advice isn't for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you have said, I'm sorry, and then realized in your own mind, in the back of it, perhaps, I'm not at all sorry for that. And I just said, I'm sorry. Almost every time I say I'm sorry, which is why I don't say sorry often. (laughs) So you're very genuine. Okay, but... (laughs) I have noticed that I will often find myself apologizing. And when I look underneath it, it's like I'm 100% just trying to be agreeable in the moment, right? And so then the agreeableness or the insistence on being agreeable, it becomes a habit. And then that habit is being disingenuous. And so I think it's really, really important that we not um, value pleasing people, being nice, pleasing people over telling the truth. Right. So like, I think it's a really good practice for people who struggle with this. Here's an example, an example. So you do think this is good. I do. I think it's very people. good advice. Good advice. Okay. But uh, so here's a, here's a tiny little example. When you think about telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, think about all the kinds of lies that excludes. If you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and then nothing but the truth, that covers a lot. So, for example... This show would be three minutes long. I do- <laughs> <laughs> And very boring. <laughs> very, very boring. I disciple young women, and they come, and they sit on my couch, and they tell me their heartaches, and they tell me about their 
parents and their boyfriends and and whatever. And so then I, I will often notice that they'll say something along the lines of, oh, but it's fine. Or, oh, but I don't really care or whatever. And so I feel like my job as someone that they're confiding in and looking up to perhaps as a mentor is to get underneath a lot of the things that we say out of habit. And I'm like, but is it fine? Or do you really not care? Cause I, I don't, I just don't think that's true. And then there's something about getting underneath the platitudes that allows us to examine a little deeper, but that also keeps me sharp. If I'm sitting on a couch, um, mentoring young women to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, then I need to do that myself. And that was when this came to my mind is that I just said, I'm sorry. And I'm not sorry. You know, so Are people ever sorry with apologize. Yes, Taylor. <laughs> Most of us do have like sincere moments of remorse in our lives. Yes, that is a thing. Interesting. Oh my gosh. But I think that when you get underneath behaviors, especially repeated ones that are insincere, right? Then you can start to look at what's guiding that. And I think that almost always that constant and insincere apologies reveal a desire to avoid conflict, to avoid conflict and to communicate the message that says, I'm not a threat. I'm not a threat. I don't want to cause trouble. I mean, I'm here, but like only barely in the ways that I am here. I promise not to be troublesome. I promise to make things nice for you. There's that niceness again. And so, and I think that when we get underneath that, so getting underneath uh, constant I'm sorry's reveals a desire to constantly please people and not cause trouble. And then when we get underneath that, I think that there's probably a lot of identity issues, a lot of worthiness issues, and maybe a little idolatry of affirmation. Okay. I Here's the thing. <laughs> is that I, I agree with what you're saying. It doesn't apply to me at all, but I agree with what you're saying. Right. But I still have a problem with this picture even after everything you right said. Uh -huh. so i like the because the, what they're saying is like things that you should genuinely be sorry for right Right. like the real examples they use like being late i 100 percent. you should apologize for wasting someone's time i'm sorry okay so you don't say thank you then <laughs> thank i don't you for waiting no i th because that's a moment of sincere remorse you apologized to me yesterday. You were sorry that you had wasted my time. I wasn't awake enough to have put up the barrier to not be sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to manipulate you. <laughs> yes. But, okay. So I, I guess I'm trying to marry what you said with my problem with this being. Because it's getting underneath motivation. Are you sorry or are you not sorry? Telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. If you're not sorry, don't apologize. Quit trying to pacify. And so, so what do you value? I value, I value being credible. I want to be a credible person. I want to be a brave. Be incredible. <laughs> you are. Taylor. I want to be brave. I, th those are the things that I value. And I can't be credible or brave if I'm constantly telling lies about things I'm not sorry about. You know, so so here's 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 what this does. If we were in a meeting together, if we were in a business meeting and something kept coming up, I'm even going to make you a little bit of a hero here where you are, you uh -oh. understand something really well and you're having to explain it to me. Okay, you're. That's never happened. Uh, never, ever. <laughs> I've got a jillion scenarios in my head that happened last week. Okay, but but Again, you're trying to explain up something. Your age. <laughs> so instead of me saying when I don't feel sorry because I don't think you're born knowing how to make a zip file. Okay, so instead of me saying I'm so sorry that I keep asking you this or I'm so sorry that I need the instructions again, I can say thank you so much for being patient with me. 
Thank you so much for explaining that again. That's a real moment where I'm not putting myself down. I'm not trying to, I don't know, like produce any fake guilt on your part. Of, right. Like, you, you know, you like shouldn't I feel bad that, that, yeah, like we, I grew up with a computer in my hand. Like that's not yeah, your fault. And right. so, and so you're, but you're acknowledging a moment of, is it discomfort? I don't know. There's like a moment, right? And you can acknowledge the moment one way or another. And I like acknowledging the moment. You're being patient with me. I need a little more help with something positive instead of, you know, I don't value being weak and submissive. I value being credible and brave. So here's my other question, because I, I, I am, I'm surprised. I thought we would agree on this and, and we don't. And I, and I think it's because we're very different people. Um, but here's my next question, because the only thing that you said, I agree now that I've heard what you're saying, that like some people are like this and I am not, that, right. that is a different experience. Yes, the, right, right. The only thing that you said that I actually disagree with, mm -hmm. again, putting it on how like I live things, mm -hmm. is I often have to apologize for things that I'm not sorry for, knowing that I should be sorry for them. Okay. And that's with people and with God. Like I go to a confession uh -huh. and I'm like, I, I, I'm I, I am heartily to... sorry for all these sins. And then I go do those sins that night. It's like, I, I'm not really heartily sorry. I know that I should be sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'm making the conscious effort to say that I'm sorry and try to go sin no more. I don't. Okay. But, sorry. and then even with people, yeah, it's like, I, even when I was like told growing up and even like now, like I know apologizing when I do something wrong is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So even when it's like something that I actually should be apologizing for, there are often times where I don't feel sorry for it, but I know that apologizing is the right thing to do. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go back to the example of confession. I, I, I don't think it's any small thing. I, I don't think it's worth skimming over or passing over that just the desire to please the Lord pleases the Lord. So I'm sitting in confession and these are the things that I'm confessing and I'm supposed to feel heartily sorry for them. I don't, but look at me in confession and bringing them up. And, and I, I think that that is really, really important. Likewise, if you're in a relationship that really matters to you and the harmony of it is very important. All five of those friendships do matter. <laughs> <laughs> but where I, I don't understand your experience quite the way that maybe I should, and maybe I don't feel remorse to the extent that I should in order to, for these words to, you know, really have the appropriate amount of weight, but I do really care about our friendship. I do really care about this relationship. And so I'm going to do the thing. I think that's important. I think that yeah. that says a lot. Yeah. It's like the whole thing until you make it thing. It's like, I think I have to apologize for things that I should be sorry for that I'm not sorry for. So yeah. that eventually I will be sorry for doing those things. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, there's like an added layer of, and, and I think that there's a respectful and a kind and even searching way to say, I know that I don't feel the thing I'm supposed to feel, but I really, really care about us. And so let all their relationships. I wanna, yeah. Well, I, but I want to make this right. I want to, I don't, it's not important to me to be right on the thing. It is important to me to be in harmony with you. And so it, I think the confession example still holds up perfectly. I mean, I, you know, so just the desire to please the Lord pleases the Lord. Just the desire to maintain a healthy relationship makes it healthy. Good. <laughs> Just say you're sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Thank you for walking me through this conversation. And then I apologize it. for nothing. <laughs> and then negating it all with just say you're sorry. Sheesh. <laughs> this is fascinating. I thought we would agree more and we didn't. And I'm, yeah, I, I, well, I feel like I learned a lot about 
people who don't think like me. Right. And, and I think and there I, are that's more just of you it. Than there are more For of sure. Me. Yeah. You are a total outlier. <laughs> like you're a complete and total weirdo. We all mm-hmm. we all know this. But knowing you're a weirdo is the is the first step to not being not quite being so weird. Just get it. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we talked about a few months ago. But just bringing it a little further into the rest of us, Tay Tay. You know, just <sighs> So my, my, you, hold on, my takeaway from this conversation is that the next time I hit someone, I'm going to be like, thank you for stopping, stopping my hand. My, yeah, That's right, what right. Allison Sullivan That's what she me. told me to say. <laughs> of course she will. But don't you know, you know that you know a group of people. You can picture them in your head of people that this is a problem for. You've experienced them. I them in my head. They're right in front of me. <laughs> I, no, I am. No, I am not that person. I've done it before, but it is not habitual. But you know, like... You can picture Canadians. the personality. <laughs> yeah, yes. all of Canada. Yes, all of Canada. That's great. That's a, a. But what you have taught me today is that there are a lot of Americans who have that Canadian stereotype, and I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought no, that, it was all that's, up north. Mm-mm. No, that's a real thing. Well, everyone should be as confident for no reason as I am. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's, that's dangerous. Nobody wants to be that far outlying. Well, that's our show. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> that is Allison Marie Lene Sullivan. I'm Taylor Schroll, and we had a conversation. We hope that you enjoyed it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>so much for watching or listening to today's episode i hope that you enjoy it and i believe that you did otherwise you wouldn't still be here or you fell asleep and are just now waking up because i'm referencing it but i really doubt that you could fall asleep to my voice not because i'm incredibly entertaining but because i'm very loud so anyway welcome back awake from your nap Uh, The final thing that I want to tell you is that you should subscribe on YouTube. No matter where you are watching or listening to this, uh, we have some things coming out on YouTube that are just on YouTube, like our A Catholic Perspective uh, series of videos, one coming out every week for the foreseeable foreseeable future. Uh, We're tackling a lot of Marvel stuff right now, talking about the Loki Loki series, which will come out, that video will come out next week. We did one about my, uh, like, highlights and review of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier this past week. And just like we talked about on the show today, our uh, Forte Flashback series, which we started a couple weeks ago, kind of the origin story of... Uh, all of our co-hosts. So we're having a, a blast on YouTube, putting out multiple videos a week. So head on over to youtube.com slash Forte Catholic to subscribe today. Thanks for being here, guys. Y'all are awesome. Bye.